It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, professional homegirls, it's your girl, Ebony, and I am so excited to introduce my very first spooky series. Now, for those who don't know, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays, y'all. So every Tuesday throughout the entire month of October, I'll be diving into the world of real spine-tingling stories. In this week's episode, I Am a Ghost Hunter Part 1, my guest will open up about the unique challenges faced as a person of color in this field, her experiences living in a haunted house, and a host of other eerie encounters. The journey is about to kick off, so brace yourselves for a bone-chilling ride, starting now. So to my guests, thank you so much for being a part of the show. How you doing? How you feeling? So far, so good. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to talk about my spooky realm with everybody. Yes, I am super excited about this show. If my For those who don't know, I love scary shit. Like, I watch scary movies <laughs> to relax me. Like, I can tell you about any and everything about a scary movie. So I'm super excited to be talking to my guests about ghosts and spooky shit. Yes, I, I 
can talk about it for hours. So you are in good company. Yes. Now, why do you think there is a lack of representation of black people in paranormal activity or on paranormal investigation shows? Well, I think there's been an uptick in a lot of uh, African-Americans or POCs in general being in the paranormal community. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it kind of started out with the whole fact that like in horror movies, most of the time, black people, the black person, (laughs) right. Thanks. We always go first. So it's like, it don't make no sense to actually put yourself in the situation where you're going to potentially die first. Um, But here recently, I feel like we've been a lot more, there's been a lot more like spirituality and everything and Mm -hmm. people being more open with not only um, wanting to be interested in the paranormal, but also be connected with like their ancestors and trying to figure out the whole, um, all these different aspects of spirituality and stuff. And, and I think that kind of does tie into the paranormal in general. Um, anytime that you go to church and you feel the Holy spirit and stuff like that, that is something paranormal in a lot of different ways. Right. Um, and I think people are getting a little bit more comfortable with talking about their experiences and talking about, um, being comfortable around that sort of stuff. And I'm very comfortable around it. So, yeah, I think you make a good point with the spirituality aspect, because I do feel Mm -hmm. like the reason why paranormal investigations is so popular amongst people of color is because it's tied. It goes really well with spirituality. Yep, exactly. And I think a lot of people are getting more in tune with their spirituality, not saying like, they're taking religion out of things in general. It's right. just being being more connected with yourself, being more connected with your spirit, and being more connected with the things and the people that are around you, I think, is what's connecting the, the two worlds together. Right. Now, what responsibility do businesses have to ensure that their ghost-related activities or merchandise are respectful and sensitive to the potential spirits in the local community? Um, I think it's a matter of just, like taking a pulse on the place that you're located in. Obviously, like you go to Salem, they don't give a fuck. So (laughs) like they just have all sorts of stuff. Um, You go to like, let's say Gettysburg, um, Pennsylvania, and obviously the Civil War happened there and their spiritual stuff are more geared towards respecting the dead and the history that happened there. Um, But it's, it's really just a matter of figuring out your community, what works for your community. And, and honestly, some ways, even that doesn't matter. It's just a matter of what the merchant or the, uh, the team itself want to present to the public and want people to get more comfortable with. Right. Um, it's kind of like uh, exposure therapy in a way where mm-hmm. like, if you have um, like Ouija boards or something inside of your shop, some people might be like, Oh, that's kind of, no, thank you. Uh, but some people might be like, oh, that's really cool and interesting. I didn't think you guys had that sort of stuff here. So it's kind of just like slowly exposing a community to certain things that they might not be normally introduced to, um, which can kind of set the tone a little bit. Yo, I know the spirits in Salem just tired. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know they so tired. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like... 
<laughs> Honestly, I feel like Salem, them bitches, they got hung, they got basically drowned, tortured, all sorts of stuff. Right. So the last thing they want to deal with is people all up in their shit. Right. Um, which, I mean, like, technically, with my whole, like, scenery and stuff, I basically do the exact same thing. I'm all up in their shit. Um, but at the end of the day, there's like a mutual respect in a way. Right. Um, I feel like a lot of places that are haunted have spirits, like, you know, the old sort of saying of having unfinished business. Um, I think just the fact that there are spirits here, there's spirits in any place that you might walk into, you can go to a holiday inn and there could be spirits there too. Right. Um, but I think that they are there to kind of send a message in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have something to say. And like, I don't fuck off. think even though it, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Some of them might just be like, get the fuck out of here. Right. But some of them might just be like, I miss my mom. Or mm-hmm. can you please help send this message to so-and-so? And it really just depends on the place. But I know in Salem, they like over that shit. They right. <laughs> now, before we continue, because I can see where you at, but can you explain to the listeners where you're at? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am currently at the Anchorage Mansion in Marietta, Ohio. Um, I own a business called Hidden Marietta, and we do uh, ghost tours, ghost hunts. We also have a shop and an office located here inside of this building. I am currently in the attic of the Anchorage Mansion, which I will move out the way. It's uh, definitely pretty uh, pretty spooky. Um, yeah. I do. <laughs> I have equipment kind of behind me in different places just to kind of see if something goes off uh, while we're up here having a conversation and stuff. So you might hear like beeping or music playing or something like that because... That's just what the equipment does. But I am typically here. I feel like I haunt this house more than the ghosts do. Right. Um, and this is kind of like my my comfort zone, my home away from home in a lot of ways. Child, not no professional homegirl spirit trying to come to the show. I, <laughs> I know. Listen, I'd rather, I'd rather deal with the ghosts here and not bring it to my house. The one thing I always say before I leave any location I investigate is if you don't listen, I got three Three men at home. I got my two sons. I got my husband. Mm-hmm. If you don't plan on picking up a bill, getting a job, cleaning my damn house, or minding your damn business, you ain't got no business coming home with me. Right. Amen. 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 That's Amen. How we leave it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, are there any best practices that you believe businesses should follow when profiting from hunting places? Because I do feel like a lot of these places do make money off of it because they know it's trendy. They know it's going to attract people. So what do you think? Oh, you heard something? Oh, I see something. Child. <laughs> so I, y'all, she, had like, she has like a, a ghost, a machine that detects if there's any um, ghost interactions or that's nearby. Yes. And one of the machines yes. just turned red. Yes. It was like flashing red and make it noise. Um, that is oh, the it's, rim it's flashing. Pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the REM pod back there. And then there's a green light here on the floor. That is a uh, paraforce, which is like a, um, a motion detector. If something walks in front of it, it will make noise and like start making music and stuff. So um, I've invited them to come hang out with us. Long as um, they over there, child. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. They're they going to stay right here. I promise you. I promise you. They're going to stay right here. Um, Yo, I my, forget what the question even was. My, my fault. I'm my, so sorry. My listeners about to be like, what the fuck Ebony got going on? I... <laughs> Listen, tis the season, bitch. It's almost October. You better get right, with it. Right, right, right. So the question Child. is, 
So do you believe that um, there are best practices that businesses should follow when profiting from hunted houses or hunted places? Yes. Um, there are a lot of different practices that people should follow. A lot of the haunted locations in many different cities, um, this house in particular I will speak on, um, is owned by the Historical Society, the Washington County Historical Society here mm -hmm. in this area. Um, so obviously we have to be very strategic with doing our research and the things that we say about the house and stuff, not because we don't want them to get upset with us. Is it beeping? Yes. Child, let me find out the spirits but of the listener. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. They don't bother me none. Um, but not only because like you might feel like, oh, they're going to get mad if we say certain things, but you want to be respectful to the history. You want to be respectful to the people that came before you. You want to be respectful to the people that own the property as well. Right. Um, and you want to be respectful to the spirits too, because the one thing you have to understand is that they were here first. You're just visiting temporarily. Like this, this isn't your domain. This is their, this is their domain. Um, so you always have to make sure that you're respectful um, with the location, with the owners of the building, with the people running that business. Right. And um, just having general respect just the same way I would have for you or somebody I see walking down the street. It's just a mutual thing. Right. What role do you think the media play in all of this? Because I feel like with the media, they have this idea that you can do this, you can do that, but you do have to be mm -hmm. respectful in, in real time. So what do you think the media can yeah. do to change that? And also the media doesn't really portray I mean, they probably do now, but back in the day, they don't really portray a lot of our stories or a lot of people that look like you in this industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, the media plays a big role in that um, they just have to kind of open the door and let us kind of come in. Right. Um, the one thing that is a pretty general knowledge sort of thing with the paranormal community is for the most part, it's very like male dominant. Um, you mm -hmm. see people like Zach Bagans, Nick Groff, like all those like TV show uh, personality, paranormal people, um, for the most part, they're all men. Right. And now we're in a day and age where women are starting to feel more comfortable with being a part of the paranormal community. Um, but then you also have people like me that are coming out of the woodwork being more comfortable with the paranormal community um, and being open and honest about my experiences. Because my experiences come from when I was just like a little teeny tiny little thing right um and i feel like a lot of us have had those experiences but a lot of us don't like to mention it right but that's exactly why we kind of have to put ourselves in the forefront put ourselves in the media put our own words out there make ourselves heard um in order for people to understand this is not just a you thing this is an everybody thing right. it's a universal thing and i'm not gonna lie it was so hard trying to find you like i'm really trying to find <laughs> Because <laughs> I interview women of color, obviously black yes. women. And I'm like, yo, where are the black women at? Like, I cannot find y'all. Mm -hmm. And you're like the second person I found. And I'm just like, wow, like, it is really a male-dominated industry. Mm -hmm. Yes, it very much is. And um, 
the one thing that I can say is I, even though it is a male dominated um, community and also a very white dominated community, mm-hmm. um, I have a group of people around me that are so supportive of me, whether they be male, whether they be white, whether they be women, it, it like they're all just so supportive of me. Right. Um, for the most part, all of the people that I have in uh, this sort of paranormal realm that I'm in are either male or white women. Um, but that doesn't stop them from being like, Hey, there's this opportunity that somebody was looking to speak to you about. Right. Here's their information. I gave them your information. If you want to reach out to them, you can contact them. Um, like with the refinery 29 article that I was uh, featured in last year. Yeah. Um, one of my friends, um, and she was actually the one that was like, Hey, I saw this opportunity. I want to support you. I want to give you this information. I think you would be perfect for it. And she's white. She's right. she, and she's white and she's a woman. And she has supported me from the beginning of my paranormal journey, I guess I could say. Yeah. Um, as well as my business partners. Um, Cause I co-own Hidden Marietta and I have three other business partners that are all white women yeah. and they are all behind me. One hundred. 10,000%. So right. um, it's all it's always about just having that good support system. And of course, my family supports me, even though sometimes they kind of look at me like, bitch, what the fuck? Bitch, what the fuck? Bitch, what the fuck? AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. 
To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if you, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Um, like, don't bring that shit over here, girl. <laughs> I know. I know. My my sister has been a really big support system mm-hmm. of me as well, and she has um, always, for lack of better words, been like my my go to. She's like my best friend, and even though she doesn't do this as often as I do, right. she will still. If I'm like, hey, can you come with me to this spooky place to do a ghost hunt? She's like, okay. Like she don't give a fuck. She don't care. She's just there for a good time, not a long time, you know. Right. Um, Facts. So she she's she's wonderful. I love her. <laughs> well, the one thing I will say about you when I was doing my research, because I know you are a history buff, so I think yes. that it's great that you have allies that do support you because we love some 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 support. But I also yes. think that it's not hard to support you because you know your shit. Yep. Period. Exactly. Okay. That is exactly right. I have always been in love with history. I look at a building and I'm like, what was that? Yeah. Um, or what is that? And I love doing my research. I love finding history about places, history about people. Um, it just kind of brings to light what could potentially be there. Because you can't go to a location and just be like, I'm going to ghost hunt and not have no fucking clue. Right. Who was there. Because you don't know what you're what walking was- into. Exactly. You don't know what you're walking into. And if you find out while you're investigating that these motherfuckers was out here uh, summoning demons in their basement and shit, right. you, you, you better lay low. You don't right. want no part of that. Right. Like, honestly. And it's all about doing your research and figuring out who, what, when, where, why, and how. And it's really, 
a quick Google search, you can find so much information about a place. And it's, it's truly fantastic. I love, I love history. Now, can you describe your earliest memories of paranormal activity in your childhood home? Oh, girl. Let's get into it. Mm, (laughs) Not for stretching, y'all. Yes, girl. When I tell you, okay. So I always attribute my paranormal beginnings to my mother. Uh She is, she, growing up, she used to, I don't know if anybody remembers like October um, back in the day, like in the 90s and the early 2000s and shit. And they used to have uh, Scariest Places on Earth with Linda Blair on yes, uh, yes. ABC, how, like ABC Family or something. And then they used to have Fear on MTV. They used to have like old school ghost hunters and stuff with Jason and Grant. And she used to watch all that shit. So we was like, hell yeah, like this is cool as fuck. But obviously... We grew up in an apartment building in Brooklyn, New York, Crown Heights, Mm -hmm. uh, Sterling and Utica, Sterling and Utica all the way. Come on now. Uh, (laughs) We grew up in an apartment building that was fucking haunted from from the top floor to the bottom floor. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody in that building was having experiences, seeing the same apparitions and spirits and stuff. And the reason for that is because the building before our building was built burned down and a bunch of people died it happened like in the middle of the night so everybody was sleeping pretty much right not to cut Um, you off but i just want to say that i feel like that is very common in new york because a lot of buildings Mm -hmm. have burnt down and when i was doing my research there's a lot of people that say that their buildings that they live in now are hunted yep Mm -hmm. and i honestly have no idea how the fire happened it could have been arson it could have been Somebody like fucking doing drugs and fell asleep and it caught fire or something like that. Right. Um, But it's just it's so commonplace that places will either burn down or have people die inside of them. And then after it's been like revamped, kind of like uh, polished a turd. And yeah. (laughs) And and you put more people in there. They have experiences. Mm -hmm. So. In this apartment building, we had a few cast of characters that were pretty commonplace in our house, um, in our apartment. It was a man, a headless man. He had a white long T-shirt on. He had blue jeans, like denim jeans, and he never had a head. He was obsessed with my mother, and he always used to tickle her feet in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, That's so fucking scary. Yeah, girl. I'm like, nigga, stop. (laughs) Uh, she's still i'm not kidding to this day she still can't sleep with her feet out the covers because of him wow like it was a regular occurrence and there was a spanish woman who used to dance around the house um she when i saw her one the main time that i saw her my sister had gotten up uh to get in the shower and as she was in the shower, the door was closed and I could see the like hallway from where I was laying. And this woman, she had long, dark hair. She had on all white. She was Spanish and she was just spinning and looking up at the ceiling, just spinning, just spinning. And it was so like I was in awe of like, damn, this bitch good. She ain't falling <laughs> to nothing. But but at the same time, like I could see the wall behind her. I could see like right directly through her her. right as she's as she's just spinning around spinning around um another thing my sister which i'm sure she's gonna listen to this she's gonna watch this and she's gonna be like how could you talk about that but my sister 
me and her shared a room and yep period <laughs> um me and her shared a room and there was one time where i wanted to sleep in the room with my mother and my sister's in the room by herself sleeping middle of the night she tells me that a woman a white woman i think she was wearing all black or something right. sits on her bed and wakes her up she's like hey hey and my sister gets up she's like what and she's like can i sleep with you and my sister's like, no, you can't sleep with me. Like, leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. And she just kind of covers herself up. And she, um, the lady is still sitting on her bed. And she, hey, hey. And she turns over. She's like, what? And mind you, she, this, she wasn't dreaming. This was a real woman that a lot of people saw in the house, in the apartment building. And she was like, can I sleep with your sister? And she's like, I don't know. Go ask her. I don't care. And then she, like, turned over and fell asleep. And the lady gets up off the bed and she walks out the room towards my mother's room and she disappears. And I'm like, she sent that bitch to me? Right. So I'm assuming that everybody in the house was comfortable with this. Yep. Yep. So before you continue, this just came up to, I just thought about this. Do you think that buildings should tell residents about the past history of the building that they're living in or the, the land that they're living in? If it is something like if you're purchasing a property, then yes. If you are renting a property, you can ask, but I don't think that it like they're obligated to say anything right. because most of the time leases are like six months or a year or a month right. a month type of thing. So you have the opportunity to just be like, "There's some weird shit going on. I got to bounce." But if you buy a house, you're kind of like you locked in tight like right. a boy. So, right. like, you got to be very, very cautious about that. So, I think, I think I, doing your own research, too, helps. Because I think I was reading somewhere where in some states, they're trying to pass a bill on that if you're purchasing a property. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think they should, honestly. I don't think that they should kind of hide that stuff. Because if somebody blew their fucking brains out in your house... I need to know. They don't just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I want that to be disclosed to me, especially if I'm going to be spending a lot of money and living in this and basically yeah. tie myself to like a 30-year mortgage. Especially with kids. Yeah, I, like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So did you yep, ever... I gotta fe- know. Right. So did you ever feel frightened or scared living in, the, in your house? And if you did, how did you cope with those feelings? Um... I did, but at the same time, it became so normal that it was just kind of like second nature. Right. It was just, it, it was as easy to live with as it is just to breathe. Um, every so often, like you get your like something takes your breath away, and that's kind of similar with that. Where I'm just kind of like, oh, that's kind of scary. Um, but then you just go on about your business. You know, they are doing their own thing. They're still. Um, a lot of times spirits don't realize that they have passed on. So they're just living. I think that's, with what, I think that's really sad. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and we do have a few spirits here in this house that, um, cause it used to be a nursing home for over 20 years. And there were a lot of deaths in that. I think so far we've been able to find about, um, 79, somewhere around there patients that may have passed away here. Um, and some of them had dementia, some of them have Alzheimer's and stuff. So some of the spirits are very confused. Um, so sometimes they kind of try to get you to get there, like to look at them or pay attention to them so they can actually say what they need to say, or just ask questions about where am I, what's happening? I don't know what's going on. Where's my wife. And you run into that pretty much in a lot of places that you go to, but yeah. So I don't know if you can speak to this because obviously you're alive, 
But <laughs> but why is that that spirits are not able to move on to either heaven or hell? Like why do they, it seem like they always stuck? Like how is that possible? Do you know? Um, personally, I don't know. I do believe that there is an afterlife for everybody. Um, but I also think maybe sometimes people get uh, get lost along the way mm. and they just kind of end up in places. Um, I don't think that a person that died in a particular place is going to automatically be tethered to right. that particular place. Um, for example, there is a nursing home just in front of this building here. And we have had patients um, that there have been patients that have passed away down there and just so happen to find their way up here. Mm. Um, whenever we do investigations, we try to figure out the name and we try to look in, online and look up obituaries and see if we can figure out um, who this person might be. Oh, wow. And we actually found um, a person, a gentleman that we were uh, talking to had passed away at that nursing home two weeks prior to us conversing with him here in this house. Mm. Um, so I genuinely think people just get lost sometimes. People aren't able to find the light that is supposedly in the afterlife. Um, and they kind of just get stuck in this sort of middle ground purgatory area. Right. Um, so of course that's just my own assumption. I don't know for a full fact, um, but it's definitely very, very interesting to, to think about for sure. Right. Now the other people in the building that you grew up in, did they also see these entities? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, there was one guy the, the headless guy would kind of go from apartment to apartment all throughout the building. Uh, the Spanish lady has, I've seen her in different apartments and I've seen her in like different hallways and like the steps and stuff. Um, a few other people in the apartment building stated that they had things happen to them or they would hear things. They would hear conversation. They would have stuff being moved like poltergeist activity basically. And um, everybody just kind of, kept it to themselves and they would kind of speak to like all the adults would kind of speak to each other in a hush sort of mm. way um just to not alarm like ring any alarm bells with the kids but the kids were also dealing with that same shit too right um my niece when she was living there she was pretty young her and her cousin would say that they would play with a man in the hallway a lot of times in our apartment um they didn't know who he was, but they would just be like laughing and giggling and like having a grand old time. And we'd be like, who are you talking to? And they're like, the man, the man. And like, we don't know. We couldn't see this man. Um, she still remembers to this day. One day he was in the hallway with her and her cousin and he scared the living daylights out of them. And after that, they refused to play with him. Every time they saw him, they would like cry um, and they were just like, he's, he's a bad man. Cause he's you're going too far, and, nigga. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically like, like he was just doing too much. He was like, doing way too much and they were not, they were not with it. Honestly, they right. were not with it. How many spirits you think you saw? Do you think you saw in the building? One, two, three, four, five, oh, six, six, six that I've interacted with in our, just our apartment alone. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember there being a little a little kid, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, me and my sister uh, were getting like our plates together for dinner and we were singing, uh, oh, she's gonna hate me for not remembering the song. 
oh can you feel it yeah, yeah, yeah. and we were just singing that in the kitchen and we stopped and in the living room just off of the kitchen we could hear a little boy or a little voice go can you feel it? nah and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so wild and when i tell you even though we were scared in that moment we didn't drop not once we didn't we left our plates right in our hands and we went to run into my mama room because wow. uh, we weren't leaving our dinner there um, but yeah, it was a common occurrence for us growing up having something paranormal happen to us. And even with my two older brothers too, um, they would have stuff happen, but they were kind of just like, ignore it. You know, they're just like, um, burp, 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 right. Know? Do your mom still live there? No, uh, my mother, my sister and my brother actually live here in Marietta, Ohio with me. Okay, cool. Um, not with me physically, but they live Near here you. in this area. Now. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned your high sensitivity to encounters. Are there any particular locations in New York that you tend to avoid due to your sensitivity? Ooh, the main place that I will avoid is ground zero. Well, you can feel I, the energy over there sometimes. Oh my God. Okay, so here's another story. <laughs> Once again, I have story on top of story on top of story. Um, this was, uh, I was, I think I was just, it was my 20th birthday and me and my boyfriend at the time, he's now my husband, uh, we were okay. walking. And, <laughs> Put a ring on um, it. <laughs> <laughs> we were walking to like a local restaurant in that area, but we had to pass ground zero. Now, if you're familiar with that particular area, there is a church, or at least at that time, there was a church there, and the church had a gate up around it, and it had um, graves in the front yard. Um, As we're walking past this church, I see a man in a suit, all tattered and stuff, and he's like, and mind you, this is at nighttime, he's like confused and he's scratching his head and he doesn't know what's going on. He's pacing, he's pacing, and I'm just looking at him like, oh, God, there's a crackhead in the graveyard. And and I'm just like, Lord, I'm like, what is this like businessman crackhead doing in the graveyard? Right, right. And at whatever point it was, he had made eye contact with me. And he, it seemed like he teleported from the middle of the graveyard to the gate. Oh, hell Yes. And um, I kind of stopped because it scared me. I stopped and he was at the gate, like with his face in between the bars and he was mouthing help me help me i don't know help me and i can only assume that maybe it was one of the people that either perished in the one of the twin towers maybe he might have jumped um and he was just kind of trapped there um of course i had explained to my husband that i'm sensitive and i have things that happen sometimes that just don't make any sense seem kind of weird um so he just stood there with me he's like are you okay what's going on like talk me through this and i told him i was like there's a man right here literally right here he's just like at the gate saying help me i don't know help me and he's like okay well let's cross the street and just keep going i don't want you to get stuck in this moment because it's a lot yeah um And then, of course, we passed the site of Ground Zero, and I could feel, like, my heart just, like, pounding. I was just so nervous. And eventually we get to the restaurant. I get a drink to kind of calm my nerves and everything. And um, we're walking back to the train station that's over there, and the man in the graveyard sees me again, and he 
is at the fence. He has his arms out through it. He's like, help, I fell, help, I need help, I fell. And I'm like, I can't help you, I'm sorry. And I didn't know what to do and I just started crying. And wow. of course, my husband was just like, it's okay, he, he's gonna find help, he's, he's at the church, somebody's gonna help him, you're okay. And he kind of just like helped me with that. And um, it was just, it was definitely a lot. And even still to this day, I won't, I won't ever go back to that area, ever, 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 ever. Yo, shout out to your husband, because some niggas would have been freaked out. <laughs> I, <laughs> they were like, well, what? Well, well, realistically, my husband is. So. Oh, okay. She just pointed <laughs> to the other side of her hand, y'all. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, he, okay. He's of the Caucasian descent. Right, right. Um, so even though he wasn't really, he's not into the paranormal type of stuff, he knows that I'm sensitive in a lot right. of ways. So he tries to help me through that. He's very much like disconnected from all sort of paranormal stuff. So I kind of see him as a, 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 like he's very grounded in a way. Right. So he kind of pulls me back from that. So two things. I think the first thing is, I think what's even more sad is that the, that ghosts can see when people see them, mm -hmm. but yep. they, but unfortunately some people just can't help them. Mm -hmm. And, and it sucks too, because like I said, there's a lot of spirits that kind of just get stuck in one place right. and they don't know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Some of them don't know that they've passed on. And especially with something that traumatic, that is just the the worst way to possibly go. Yeah, for sure. Um, But in in many ways, I'm happy that he didn't get trapped in the grounds of Ground Zero um, and that his spirit was transported to a church. Um, Maybe that's someplace that's a little bit safer for him, you know. Right. even though he's still, I, I hope that he's not still in anguish or pain or anything. Um, I hope that he has found peace. And I kind of think about that at least a couple times a month. Honestly, I really do keep him in my prayers and keep him in my thoughts constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm just happy that he, even though he passed away in ground zero, he was able to go someplace that would technically, technically be considered a safe place space like a church right so how were you able because i think i read somewhere that you used to go to cemeteries when you was growing up yes so how were you able to do that like was that not a lot for you cemeteries for me for some odd reason are very calming um the original purpose for a cemetery actually a lot of people don't realize this all right now um, come on take us to history class come on now. exactly <laughs> in the victorian times like the late 1700s early 1800s um a lot of families saw cemeteries as a place of peace and comfort and they would actually have picnics there with their dead relatives 
obviously a lot of the people that have passed away nowadays, especially those old, old cemeteries, they don't have anybody visiting them um, anymore. They don't have people putting flowers on their graves anymore. And their graves are a lot of times just kind of um, the time and weather just wears on like the gravestones itself. Right. Um, but cemeteries were supposed to be a place where families can congregate and keep that their loved true. one in their memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have lost that tradition in many ways. So I like to go to cemeteries, um, not only because they are peaceful to me, but also to spend time with those people that have passed away and their family members have long passed away and their descendants have long forgotten about them and just kind of spend time with them. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody deserves to have somebody that cares about them. And um, even though cemeteries are seen as something that's like, that's spooky or some people might see it as being disrespectful um, to just go into a cemetery of uh, go into a place where you don't even know who's in there. Right. Like you don't have any connection with them. Um, I see it in my head as we're all supposed to be family in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're all supposed to be connected in a way. And just because they're dead doesn't mean that they're forgotten. Um, So it never hurts to go back and eat some chicken nuggets and (laughs) just talk. Right. Do you think we see ghosts on the regular? Because I feel like, even though I know you're in Ohio, but I feel like in New York, we just see mad, mad random shit, but we just Mm -hmm. disregard it. So you, do you think that sometimes we'd be seeing shit and it's actually a ghost? Um, a lot of ways, yes, because mm-hmm. a lot of spirits can present themselves as a full-bodied apparition, which is basically just as solid and as real as me and you. Right. Um, of course, then you have spirits that are a little bit more opaque. They can you can kind of see through them, see through them in a way. Um, a lot of people have poltergeist activity that happened, but they're just like, hmm, I wonder if that was this or that was that. Right. We have a we have like a, a trigger in our brains to think of things very logically, which is why there are so many people um, that aren't in the paranormal community right. that are skeptics. Because it don't um, make sense. Have to, yes, exactly. It's, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's paranormal. There just has to be a logical explanation for it. Right. Um, and so some people have a very logical way of thinking about things. So if you see a mug slide across the countertop, you could just be like, oh, there was water underneath that. So that's the reason why that mug slid across the countertop. Right. Or you can say, if a door closes, um, you can be like, oh, well, maybe it's because I'm in a high rise <laughs> and the wind was swaying the building and that could have caused the door to close. Right. Um, if you hear footsteps, you could automatically think, okay, that's just my neighbor upstairs. I'm just misreading the situation. Um, so there's little things here and there that a lot of people have happened to them on a regular basis but they just disprove it as something paranormal because the logical part in their mind is telling them that it's not anything to be afraid of. Right. Not for nothing. I feel like I shared this story before, but one time when I was living in Brooklyn and I got in the bed, cause I do believe in spirits and stuff. Like I definitely mm-hmm. believe that there are other entities amongst us. Yes. And I was in the bed about to go to sleep and I'm by myself and no lie, I felt something get in the bed with me. Like you, you could tell, you know, when somebody Ooh. get in the bed, you feel the pressure. I felt something Ugh. get in the bed with me and put their arm around me. <gasps> and when Ooh. I tell you, I jump up and I was like, "Nope." I said, "Listen," <laughs> I said, <laughs> "I said I don't know who you are." I'm like, I don't know if it was my grandma. I don't know if it was an ancestor. Oh my! Gosh. I said, but we don't do that. I was nope. like, so I'm gonna give you a little minute to get your ass back out the bed. I'm like, cause now yep. you make you yep. making me feel very uncomfortable. 
I was mm-hmm. like, and then they just left. But I would never forget that feeling because I'm like, and I thought I was dreaming at first, but I was mm-hmm. like, I wasn't asleep. And I was like, oh, nope, nope, nope. I said, you got to go. Yep. Go stand in the corner or yep. something. But nope, uh-uh, you too close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy when stuff like that happens to you and it's like straight off the cuff. Like you didn't expect it and right. it's just like super random. Thankfully, I have never brought anything home with me. I've never had anything paranormal happen in my adult life, in my home, in my space. Um, I am very much protected. I, I don't play that. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I'm very protected. Same. Um, but in those moments where I go places and things happen is like sometimes can be like very terrifying, but sometimes it can be just like, oh, OK, I see you, queen. Right. Um, like about an hour and 45 minutes away from here, um, there is a place called Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. It's in Western West Virginia. Oh, that sounds crazy as fuck. And girl, <laughs> when I tell you, oh, my gosh. Um, that place is insane. I go there at least once, twice a year. It's amazing. It, I always have something happen to me. Um, me and my husband went there to do one of their like nighttime, like flashlight tours and stuff. Cause oh, I love the history there. Nah. I know. I know. I know. Poor I just be putting myself in a situation. I know. He, <laughs> listen, he, once again, he has a support system. He's an ally. Right. Um, so we just, we just letting him live. <laughs> so we go to this place and there were children that were housed there it was mostly for adults but if you had a patient that had a baby and she didn't have any family members then they would keep the kids there in the asylum right um some of the kids uh passed away there and as we're walking through one of the hallways i feel a child hold my hand nope um yep mm-hmm and in that moment, I have kids, so I know what that felt like. And even though it's very jarring, very surprising, and very much like a big no, at the same time, the mother in me kicked in. And I was just like, okay, you can hold my hand. You can stay as long as you need to. I'm, I'm like a safe space for you. Because um, whether a child is dead or alive, I, if I'm interacting with them, I want them to know that they are safe. Right. So I held on to their hand and as we're walking doing the tour was holding my hand and it felt cold and it felt staticky and I kept looking down and I didn't see anything but I could feel little tiny little hands like maybe of like a four or five year old holding my hand and I told my husband I'm like there's a little kid holding my hand right now and he um went to the side that the kid was holding my hand and he crouched down and he's like, I know it's it's probably scary here, but you're safe with us. It's okay. Yeah. So he stood on that side and he put his hand down to see if it would hold his hand. He didn't feel anything hold his hand, but he still stayed on that side just so whatever child that was knew that it was it was safe. Mm. Um, we walked through and we were going to one of the uh, criminally insane areas mm-hmm. and I would assume the child was not allowed to be over there because as we're walking through that hallway, I feel like the fingers just kind of let go slowly. And I stop in the hallway. My husband stops in the hallway and I tell them, I was like, you can come with me. It's okay. And um, I could feel like swirling. It was like cold air just kind of swirling in front of me. And I was just like, it's okay. Like, you can come with me. You can walk with me. I will make sure you're safe in this place. And mm-hmm. um, my husband put his hand there, and he felt the cold air, too. And um, I was like, well, we're going this way. If you want to come hold my hand again, you can. And uh, obviously, it 
couldn't come past that sort of barrier. So right. it stayed in its area. Um, because realistically, the cr- criminally insane part is absolutely bonkers bananas. So I would happily keep a kid out of that area. Yeah. Um, but it was still very much, it was very jarring. But right. at the same time, like I said, my motherly, instinct. like nurturing side. Yeah, it, my instinct just kicked in to just protect it, you know. Right. It was, it was a spooky moment, but very, very sweet and very right. nice moment, in my opinion. <laughs> Have you ever thought about going back to your apartment that you grew up in and doing any like investigations there or document it really Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no um because it's um even when i was growing up there it was pretty bad um so it's gotten worse (laughs) what the neighborhood or just the building the the building and that neighborhood has gotten worse oh Um, so i don't plan on going back there ever again if i can hope if i can hold on to that sort of thing right um especially to do an investigation because right now from what i've been told it's not a very good place to be like i said when i was growing up there there were like gang members there were drugs there were cops there were shootouts and stuff like that so um just to know that when I was growing up there, that was happening and it's gotten worse. Yeah. 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 So what is mm-hmm. your advice to individuals who feel like they're growing, they live in a haunted house, but just don't know what to do? Um, make sure that you are protected at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in regards to whatever belief system that you might have, you can pray um, to whichever God you are more comfortable praying with. Um, right. You can also um, use different tools to protect yourself. Some people um, hang like the evil eye over their door um, just to kind of ward off negativity. Um, some people put like salt at their front door and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there's, there's several different things that you can do. But overall, I think making sure that you set those boundaries, letting uh, whatever spirits might be there know that you are not comfortable. <laughs> exactly. I'm not with the shit. You gotta, you gotta, like I said, I always tell spirits, if you're not planning on paying my bills, picking up a bill, getting a job, and cleaning my don't, don't. I don't right. have time for it. Right. I, I already got, I already got three, three people in my house that already give me a headache. I don't need to add you onto the, onto the tally. You right. know, I don't need that. Right. Um, but just making sure you set your boundaries, making sure that you say out loud what your intentions are. I'm, I'm living here. This is my space. This is my happy place. You need to understand that. You need to know when it's time for you to just leave me alone. Right. I'm fine with us, especially if, it, if it's been going on for a while. Um, just basically saying, I'm fine with us sharing this space together. You were here first, so I understand that. But you have to understand when I need space, I need space. Right. And you need to give me that. Right. Um, so I think just setting boundaries just like you would with a person is going to be beneficial. Right. Now, before we get into your career, I just this question just popped in my head. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on people having sex with ghosts? Like, do you think that's true? Not you scratching your head. <laughs> Listen, um, I don't think that that is true. Um, but. I think people think that they are having sex with a ghost. Um, it's all about what you feel. Um, everybody, every physical body is different. So everybody's going to feel things differently. Some people can, for lack of a better word, get off and not even touch themselves, you know? So maybe the combination of possibly living in a place that's haunted 
and having the ability to get off while not doing anything physically to yourself can be a recipe for them thinking, oh my God, I just Not a recipe. Um, (laughs) Yes, I know. Like they out here, no, yeah, no. I don't think that that is a possibility. And if it is, I mean, I can be proven wrong. Um, not any, nothing's impossible, you know, right. nothing is impossible. Um, in my opinion, it's just very improbable. Right. This concludes part one of this week's episode. Stay tuned for part two, which will be out next week. And I cannot wait for you all to hear because we dive even deeper into my guest story. Don't forget to connect with me on social media at the professional home girl on Instagram TikTok and subscribe to my YouTube channel at The Professional Homegirl. And if you want to kiki about this week's episode, please make sure to follow me at The PXG Podcast on Instagram as well. Be sure to check out my new project title, They All the One, where I write short stories based on true events from my love life. You can check that out at www.theyallthone.com. Until next time, everyone, later. The Professional Homegirl Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. And you can connect with me on social media at the PHG Podcast. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.